And welcome back to Fantasy Take TV for a round 17 review, a round 18 preview even, some may say. Not us, though. Probably not us. Uh, I'm JD. Joining me, as always, is Eno and George. Boys, how are you this week? Good, Good. mate. Eno's uh, survived through COVID, and he's managed to turn up to the pod. So it's a bit of a theme, you know. Some of us thick, tough-skinned individuals get up for anything. We wouldn't, wouldn't miss the podcast the world. We couldn't say it for everyone, but we're not going to name names. Um, we've got a lot on this week on the agenda. Well, as much can as can be for for this time of the year. So we're going to go over one thing we've learned this year, having a little bit of a, a stop and reflection, a bit of a retro on the year and uh, looking ahead to 2023. We'll go through the new DPPs, a couple of interesting names in there. Uh, the injury news in particular, um, uh, Clayton Hall is the big one to talk about this week. And as always, we'll go through the rookies, options, uh, captains, and, and any trades we like the look of. Uh, but before we jump into the agenda, George, uh, what's what was a highlighter from, from the week, and uh, how did you go when it comes to Supercoach? Um, well, you guys put another 100 on me this week, so I'm getting a little bit worried uh, that you guys are going to catch me. Um, another Zach Mir at 150, so more pain. Um but yeah, a highlight from the weekend, probably watching Laird stat pad again, his way to another 120. Always nice. And uh, Doherty bounced back as well. I was slightly worried about him because he had a bit of soreness, I th- from what I heard in the Discord anyway. Um, someone was at Carlton training and yeah, had an eight-day break this time around. So that was good to hear. And bounced back with a 130 after like a 70 last week. So yeah, scored uh, 2,337, uh, ranked just inside the top 2K. So Still trying to get the top top 1,000. I don't know if I'm going to get there, hopefully, but see how we go. Sitting pretty on two trades still, so no trades three weeks in a row, so very very happy that um, still getting by on that. But, yeah, see how we go. Uh, Eno, how was your your Supercoach week? I thought you'd go the big O, mate. Got you, got you a nice oh, score yeah. there. I did see the <laughs> I did see the highlight of him missing in the square. <laughs> yeah, could have kicked another one. Oh. Yeah, the big O's. When, um, I, when I saw his score at 110, I nearly fell off my chair. I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> Needed that one. Um, my highlight, I guess, was somehow avoiding the, the Neil captaincy on the Sunday. Um, just going with Took because I just thought he would, he would have a big game against uh, our midfield, you know, Prestia back uh, from his concussion and then a lot of sort of inexperienced and small guys in there. And, and Took did go well, but then it was Noah Anderson that actually got a hold of us kick that late goal so it wasn't as high as, as I'd like but I, I just thought I'd take it um, and um, it all sort of went right with with Neil getting tagged by Caldwell so gained a few points there um, so end up scoring 2,428 and another 1,000 spots up um, to sit at 4,500 so been going the right direction the last few weeks hopefully keep going that way Still got four trades, and someone will talk about Paddy Cripps. Do I use one on them? Well, we'll get to that later. But get um, me out of that pick, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It look, it's looking pretty likely. Put it that way. How about you, JD? Uh, so I top scored this week. What? What with a twenty-four thirty-four? So outscored Eno by six full points. Me in a league. Week. 
and that was with that was with Neil Captain as well. Uh, yep. So I've moved up again to six point four k overall. I think I was like double this rank a few weeks ago. So I've come in pretty quickly, but just the two trades left. So it's not like I can make a lot of moves from here. Getting rid of Crips would obviously be great. Uh, highlights from a super coach perspective would be, uh, of course, Merritt with the one forty seven. He's now at a three round average of one thirty two point seven, five round average of one fifteen point eight. Since a lot of us brought him in on the cheap. And uh, I guess being able to loophole Heaney and Stringer, I took Heaney's 112 this week. And it marks a very special point in the year because it's been the only week that I've been able to enjoy Heaney while you two haven't. So um, <laughs> it took a 17, but yeah, here we go. Uh, it's very nice. I think, yeah, the the negatives from the week would have to be um, uh, the Neil captaincy, but then of course, like the, the Oliver injury as well, which has got me a little bit worried. But let's jump into the week. And the first thing we're going to do is the retro that we promised. So we're going to each call out one thing that we learned this year that's going to be top of the mind for 2023. And there's no better person to start off with than our scholar himself, George, um, puts more into learning the scriptures as a super coach than anyone else. So what's your big insight or, or thing that you've taken out of 2022? The biggest thing I've taken out is that Manscaped is the best in the business for below the waist grooming, get 20% off with the code FTTV. That is FTTV, 20% off. Um, yep, yeah, they're getting around us, so fantastic to have them on board. I think we're going to get another month to so see how we go. Um, but yeah, love, love their work. Lawnmower 4.0, the performance package, the whole lot. Get around it. Check out manscaped.com. So for Supercoach, what did I learn this year? Well, I think uh, my problem, I think, is applying things that I've learned. Because uh, you make the same mistakes. Uh, is it David King or Jared Healy that bang on? Don't get beaten by what you know. Uh, yep. I think it's King. That sounds like a very David King thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get beaten by what you know. You know. So yeah. for me, it's holding trades early. Again, like I can't help myself every year, the first two weeks. It's this guy, you know, making excuses for why players are scoring bad. And then you don't have all these players like, no Crips, no English, no Sicily, all these plays you don't have. So for me, even though if you're still planning, for me, like I was planning to finish a team on four or five trades, a few things happened like Gorn and stuff like that during the buys, ended up on two, but it would be nice to have extra trades. But even though I would have thought that I was full premium, guys like, you know, Short has had a really unexpected role change. Uh, Crips has tailed off. So I'm losing a lot of points. Like they could, I think there's players in that position that could be 30 points a week better. And if I could upgrade those two players, six, seven weeks of, I don't know, that, that's, that could be 300 to 400 points if I had an extra four trades. And I blew four or five trades. I, my team was no better than it was in round three than it was in round one. And yeah, that's with using five trades. So if I had those five trades now, I could use them to upgrade those two players, 300, 400 extra points, and that's a top 400 rank probably. So uh, for me, it's uh, try not to panic so hard and hold your nerve. And like, even though you, though you might think that you lose points early, the power of those trades after the buy to get rid of lesser premiums for better premiums um, will be like, huge. So for me, it's just don't panic early. And I'm going to need to get that like a poster all preseason next to my computer. Just don't panic early and constantly remind myself so I can get through the first two rounds unscathed. This that is will what I... absolutely not work because I'm pretty sure like the advice I gave to you on the pod in Discord every day was like, 
don't do the trades. We'd link old videos of you saying the same <laughs> stuff, and none of yeah. it stopped you. <laughs> Once you've got, you're gonna have to hand over your password before round <laughs> two or something like that, because there's no way to stop you. Once you've got a, once you got you in in your mind that you want to get rid of a player, especially early season when you look at 35 trades, like no, no, it's fine. Exactly. Um, yeah, my my insight was actually at the other end of the spectrum. So I had a much worse starting team with you uh, than you, and I made like two correctional trades at round two and then another two, I think, at round... No, two in round one and then two in round two, right? So I used four trades, but I really should have been boosting probably in round two to, to correct trades. I wanted to hold the boost because I thought it would be more beneficial later. I don't think using it later actually was more beneficial, and I should have been comfortable using the boost in round two to make an extra correctional trade if it was an obvious enough. And so getting in, maybe not Sisley wasn't obvious at that point, but someone like a Brody probably was at his price that I could have corrected to and I didn't, uh, which cost me a lot of points and a lot of money throughout the year as well, plus trades on top of that. So um, I think yeah, going aggressive with the boost to correct your team in round two is absolutely okay but you do have to balance it up with what you're saying George of like you don't want to be trading premiums for premium sake um at that point I think it's more when you miss the really good value options now speaking of good value options and not trading premiums for premium sake uh Eno what what's your insight I mean, I'll just put something down pretty simple, and that's don't pick frauds. <laughs> <laughs> nah, George does remind me of this, like, you know, players you don't like and don't really want to watch in your team, um, stay away. Of course, you gotta you got to take some bias away sometimes, um, but I think there's two prime examples this year. I just didn't want to start Jack Crisp. He's been good for the most part for all of you guys, but he's starting to show now why um, he's not the best pick in the world. And look, I think it wouldn't be that bad if um, there wasn't so many gun defenders, which there are. Um, but the other one's Paddy Coops. And uh, look, I didn't start him. I didn't get on to him early either. So I missed a lot of his good scores. Got him in for 520k around, I don't know, round eight. And it's just been pretty much a disaster since. I think he's only turned up twice for me since then, maybe three times. And it's just, I'm getting out of it this week, but... Uh, you know, we want to enjoy this game. You don't want to. We don't want to watch guys that you don't like on top of your team scoring poorly. So, um, look, it's not really a, a, a tried and true rule that you should be following. But just to make the game more fun, just don't pick plays you don't like. In simple fact, but I think you guys, you know, said a lot right with the trades and whatnot on the boost thing. Um, JD, I, I think that's totally fine. Um, there was one instance I used to boost. I was looking just before in, I think, round nine, I think it was. The round when Carroll, Rioli, and Hamilton were all on the uh, mm-hmm. were all the three rookies to get. And I boosted um, to sideways just uh, – it was Mitch Owens at the time, just to them. Uh, one of them, Carroll, Rioli, whichever one you want to say, just to get another playing rookie and one that I thought would play during the buy, which they ended up not. And that's an extra trade there that I could could have used. And the boost. I think the boost would have been very important for me uh, post-buy because still upgrading, like the last two final upgrades. I just couldn't get mm. the team finished because of an injury every week. So it would have been all right to have one more boost sideways the injury and then still complete the team. But it just kept getting pushed back. So, I mean, Owens went out. He went back in and then he went, you know, didn't play much anyway for me. So it was a couple of wasted trades there and a boost that I could have, I could have used for sure. So... Yeah, I mean, on the boost, how do we think they've gone the first year? Do you think it's been a good addition, JD, or, or um, how do you think they've gone? I I think so. I think it adds another level of like strategy and planning and optionality throughout the year. I think the difficult part, and this is why they gave us the extra trades, is that 
um, you know, compared to fantasy, right, which I'm playing for the first time this year, you definitely do notice a difference in excitement levels between that format and this format at this point in the year because we've used up all our trades. We've used boosts to accelerate that trading even further to get complete teams quicker. And now we ride it out a little bit to the end with not too many decisions outside of um, the occasional injury or, or whatever it may be. Uh, where fantasy still have like a lot of those extra trades. So I do think that the boosts have overall been good from the strategy element earlier in the year, but they probably um, uh, need to think a little bit about like how you actually carry that through to the end of the year. So you don't get into this situation where it's seven, eight weeks out and most of the top 10 in the competition sitting on three or less trades. Yep. George? Yeah, to like keep engagement up at this time of the year, it's, it's difficult, I think, because there's not a whole lot you can do because... Staying true to Supercoach, it is a limited trade format. So I don't really know how they can make it more engaging. Um, I guess the DPPs, but this, you know, last year there was barely any DPPs in fantasy, I think, mid-year, whereas this year it changed the entire forward line. So I guess every year is different. And, you know, Sam Walsh was tracking for forward time, but I think Chera was out for a bit or something and his CBAs were up. So maybe that's why he missed out. I'm not too sure, but... Yeah, the boosts I think are interesting. I, I like that they lay they add another layer to the game. Um, I think yeah, the way I thought you'd use them would be to just upgrade, just use them all in upgrade season. You know, round five to ten, bang, bang, bang. If the rookies aren't there, maybe save another one for the buys or something. But I think I would. I didn't want to use one in round two, and I actually didn't need one, but I did it anyway. But um, you know, if you needed to correct, you know, like a Will Brody or or like even like a wits if you wanted to grab him if you weren't happy with your rucks or whatever because a few people had darcy and panicked and like didn't know what to do there i think a few in the discord went marshall and they had to go to somebody so um doing a correction in round two i think can be very powerful as well before price changes so i think it's i didn't know if that would be good or not to use a correction in round two but it sounds like it's it's been good um but yeah i still think using him in upgrade season was very beneficial um yep. yeah i think it's been a positive for the game and just one more thing i think People have got to remember, I think this year is, I think it's an outlier in terms of the amount of good rookies and value picks that we've had this year. So it's hard to hard to know whether um, like we'll, we'll be similar next year. Because um, I think people could have finished their team with like eight, eight or 10 trades left this year, which is fairly unheard of, I think. So uh, we'll see how the value goes next year. But I think that, that's played a big part into, you know, people were finishing their teams uh, like middle of the buy. So you'll see how it goes next year. All right. So here's a, um idea to keep it limited trades, but like have it extend throughout the year. This hasn't been well thought out. It's just like off the top. Is you stage gate when you get access to the trades. So like mm -hmm. for the first for the first eight rounds, you get 13 trades or whatever. For the next eight rounds, you get seven trades or no, like 10 trades or something in the last round. Oh, sorry, maybe 12, 13, 12, 10, something like that. So each like seven weeks, you kind of get like trades released back to you. Um, and then that way, like you get to what it is like round 15 and then you get like your last 10 trades for the year. So you can't, actually can't be out by this point. You've, you've, yeah, it forces you to not like over trade or anything like that early. Mm. Um, not right. sure. Um, you have to be like map it out, like pros and cons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Don't want to make it too complicated, but. I guess it's an idea. I think definitely something needs to be done to keep it more engaging this time of year. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there's better ideas than that. It's just the first thing that came to mind of like, how do you keep a yeah. limited format, but then spread them out throughout the year? All right, moving on to DPPs. There were, 
want to say like a dozen, 10. 15 changes, yeah. something like that. But there are only three that really have any relevance when it comes to Supercoach. Uh, so Rowan has gone from ruck to ruck forward. Anything you boys want to call out in that one? Not even relevant to this year. More for next year, isn't it? We want to see him get it next year. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Ryder, I don't know. He's still actually one of their most important players. Like when he's on, he's on. He's really um, pivotal for them. Who knows if he goes on next year, but yeah, because if Rowan is only ruck only um, next year and, and Ryder's gone, it'd be a bit of a an annoyance, but you'd probably still look at him, but the, the forward time would make him uh, pretty much a lock. So yeah, hopefully he gets it next year. Just on Rowan, I think the hitouts last week was round 17, 14, round 16, 10, and round 15, 42, and then 12, then 11. So this is all over the place at the moment. I'm guessing Ryder was out three weeks yeah. ago or something. He's getting rested again so, against West Coast in, I want to say, two weeks. They've already said, like, we're booking him and he's not going West, Ryder, so Rowan will, will yeah. get a solo game then. So um, that might affect it, I guess, because he's only just got the forward time, so maybe that pushes it back the other way. So, yeah, fingers crossed he gets it next year. Yeah. Next up is probably the most relevant for this year, which is Harry Hillenberg, who's in 7% of teams. He's obviously benefited the most from Spike McVeigh's uh, coaching outside of Canelio. Uh, so he is gone from forward only to defender forward eligible. Very handy for anyone that has a swing still open in the back line. You can move around if you want to. Um, or potentially, uh, if you are looking to move on a defender this week, you could move him into your back line and then upgrade to a forward instead. Uh, someone like a Bailey Smith who's returning from suspension or English if you don't have them, something like that. Uh, this change has probably come a little bit late, but potentially handy for the 7% of coaches that do have him. Again, next year, I think, boys. Like if you know Phil Davis out for the season now, probably doesn't go on next year. You'd think Himmelberg keeps this role into next year. Who knows? Who knows what the new coach does or if Spike gets a job, what happens? But who definitely is going to look at with defender status next year, I would th- I would say. He's looked quite good in the role. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he's just going to bring his average up a little bit too high. I think he'll be probably in the 90s by the time we get to next year, which doesn't leave a lot of uh, meat in the bone when it comes to value. Yeah. and then... Still a pick that could work though, right, as a primo. Hmm, for sure. And then lastly is Brady Hoff uh, from West Coast. So a rookie that some have, he has gone from mid only to defender mid, which might open up a loophole for some people, which is pretty handy. But I think he's only in something like 13% of teams. Um, yeah, you have to wonder how many people that have him actually are still playing versus um, uh, just held him like you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Be good cover if you had him. Yes, handy cover if you haven't. All right, um, George, I think you've called out a couple of role changes you wanted to cover off this week. I just noticed two. There might be more, but uh, Adams Rule played halfback. Thought he played okay there. Probably there for Caleb Daniel. Uh, so just one to keep an eye out for. I think he's still I think he tunned roughly, so don't think think there are better forwards to trade in, but if you still have him, like completely fine. And then Dylan Moore scored. This is he had sixty five percent CBAs in previous weeks. There were sub twenty. Uh, he scored a one thirty five playing midfield against the Crows. Um, four ninety k forward only. It's not even mid. So I don't know. I feel like when I look at some players, they score relatively well at a position, like in the eighties or nineties somewhere, which 
Moore has done from half forward. I was looking at his draft profile and he was high endurance contested ball winner, 25 disposals a league in NAB league. So uh, to put it into perspective, I think Hobbs was 24 disposals. Uh, I think Ward was like 30. Dacos a bit more than that. Um, Saligo and Conor McDonald were 30. So pretty high disposal count um, for NAB league, but probably one for next year. But 490k, it could be a sneaky pod, but there's only one week of data and it was against the Crows. So um, yeah, interesting one. I Maybe they want to keep him there. I think he played well enough for them to keep playing him in the midfield. So Dylan Moore, uh, yeah, it could be an interesting one back yeah. after in the next few weeks. Well, they've got West Coast North Saints next three, so potentially some Whoa. good scores in there. Interesting. Oh, okay. I'm looking for a DC replacement <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Uh, and then it's Gold Coast Richmond Dogs to finish out the year. Richmond give out points bad. to mids if that's where he's playing. Gold Coast hasn't been impossible to score on. Dogs probably the tricky one if they're up and firing. Unless he plays forward. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe they keep him there. I think they're... He's being know. really good forward though, right? Like That's where he, yeah. he revived his career. Um, it'd be, it's hard to know. Sam Mitchell, he loves throwing it around. Bruce, how long has he got left? Is he like the gonna, you know, next one to slot in there? I don't know. Probably yeah. go again. He's been, been good, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'd be nervous if he's, that he stays in that midfield role. Uh, just quickly, while we talk on Trelaw and his move to halfback, it's probably worthwhile um, quickly talking about what happened with that game with Bailey Dale, who got tagged by Clark. This is the second time we've seen Clark tag in three weeks. The, the first time was against Sinclair, and he did a good job on him. In both games, at least my observation is the same kind of thing had happened. So in the Saints game, you had Brad Hill already out. And then Clark was able to tag the other half, rebounding halfback in Sinclair, and then lost their drive. Same thing with the Dogs on the weekend. No Caleb Daniel, tag Bailey Dale. Uh, dogs tried to obviously mitigate this a little bit by putting in Trelaw, but he isn't as good off, as off halfback as either of them are. Uh, and that seemed quite effective as well. So I think it's something to keep in mind for the Swans going forward is that Clark could be used as a tagger. Uh, for any of the halfbacks and teams are up against. I think most notably they play Adelaide Dawson in two weeks. And, and they play Stinclair again, yeah. In round 23, that's right. They great. also play Collingwood, so maybe you could see Clark oh, take <laughs> well, Surely not. Or it's... like, well, why not? He's, he's, yeah, he's been enough. good enough. I mean, you know, if they moved Chris back there, would you be surprised if he tagged Chris instead? So no one takes Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then GWS, let him grow, let him go. He's GWS not bad. Come on, could could I like? So I don't think he could be sent to Himmelberg in GWS, but could you see him go to someone like a Cumming or something like that, or a Whitfield? Oh, you think they saved it for the really dangerous ones like Sinclair and Dale, who just do so mm. much for their teams. I mean, it's weird. He was a lady and he wasn't even selected for the dogs game. He was a lady and then sent straight to him. So, um, yeah, horse doing horse things lately. Anyway, mm. one to keep top of mind. It is interesting to see how they've deployed him. And yeah, you do worry because anytime you see a successful tag on couple of your players like this you do start to worry that they'll get tagged in the future so dawson was a little bit susceptible this week makes me pretty worried for two weeks time uh, well hawks got because yeah fid mcginnis he he shut down him he shut down eddie langdon earlier in the year 
Yes, it's a um, good question. They so got West St. Kilda in three weeks as well. Oh no, Sinclair could be rough battle months. I need every point I can get, mate. Every point. <laughs> they also have the dogs in round twenty-three as well. Oh so boy, interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, cool. All right, moving on then. Um, so injuries. The big topic this week is definitely around Clayton Oliver, who fractured his thumb after an errant kick from I can't remember which Geelong player it was. Try to smother Selwood, I think. Selwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always it's funny how Selwood's at the center of a lot of these things, <laughs> um, either happening to him or happening to someone else. But uh, yeah, so they uh, he they had a nine day break going from Thursday to Sunday and this type of fractured thumb with surgery, I assume they're just putting a plate or something like that in. Um, we've seen players return from it in just missing just one week in the past. So there is actually a chance that he gets up and is ready to play this game. He is a test is the the news we've seen today, uh, but it's probably worthwhile talking about what happens in each scenario. So if he plays, we're all keeping him. I think we trade him probably not, not too worried. Um, if he I mean, he could drop a poorer game just coming off it, returning quickly, but it's still Clayton a lot. I think you want to trade him out. Um, if if he misses for a week, uh, in what scenario would you be willing to trade him out? If, so if you're copying a zero, would you trade him? I think that's hard because we've still got a lot of weeks left. So to go from two to one seems... Yeah, the trade number would have to be five, I'd say. Five plus... <clears throat> to consider it, and you'd probably have to see what the wording is. You know, is it going to be one? Is it going to be two? Oh, uh, like if you're in your situation, and know where he, where you've got four, and you're missing like a steal or a lead or something like that, and you could trade Oliver to them, and you have no cover, I'd be happy doing that. I'd go from four to three to do that. Mm. I guess it's missing going up. You could do something like for people in this position, you could go Oliver down to steal. That's you bank one sixty k, and then if you have like a cashed up rookie like a Hobbs or something on the bench or anyone with like 300k on them um you can turn that or even i think maybe 250k you can turn that into toronto i can't remember how much he is she might be 300k actually but yeah you can get like a trader rookie in two trades get him to a f9 f7 m9 i think that's not the worst play because you get that extra extra play for the rest of the year and it'll probably come in handy but at the same time I really do what you can to keep Oliver because he's uh, the captain option. He's M one highest best player in the in the game this year. So yeah, I, I can't see a world where I trade. But um, if you're on that cover, I guess it's, you could do it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so next on the list is Nankervis, who set out. I want to say like the last 20 minutes of the game with a suspected PCL, uh, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. He went in for scans today. Is that right? Yeah, and then apparently he was looking happy and said he's a chance to play this week. I think he misses. I, but I mean, I saw that <laughs> photo. It just looked like he could have sun glare. Like, you know, you get sun glare and you're like, yeah. it kind of looks like a smile, but like... Anyway, I mean, yeah. it's probably not relevant to too many people except for, for DR. Shout out to him who was actually looking pretty good getting off wits, but um, they played each other this week. And, and but even before the injury, Nank was getting pretty dominated uh, in the hitouts. He wasn't too influential at all. So, um, oh, it was the intercepts. Tough. It was doing well with. Mm. Yeah. It's if, tough. Um, 
it's like, uh, who do you go to again? I don't know. Like the Rucker line, it's just been <laughs> abysmal this year. Uh, Wits or Gorn, if you don't have them, or Darcy. Yeah, Wits, yeah. Gorn, Darcy. I don't think that, that advice changes. It's interesting because if he misses, uh, Soldo is also out. Uh, so Richmond would be playing Samson Ryan potentially, which is uh, he played one game for them where he scored, I want to say, a negative super coach number. Um, and uh, so he's got Darcy in two weeks, Richmond does. So uh, that could potentially be Darcy captain option or vice captain option in a couple of weeks if uh, if there's no Richmond rucks, one to keep back in mind. Uh, and then lastly, the other, the most relevant probably um, outside of Oliver is going to be Massimo D'Ambrosio, who copped a bad corky and was subbed out. Um, they tried to get him up and running again on the field, but wasn't able to run at the game, got subbed. Uh, so he could play this week, but he's probably more likely to miss one, I would guess. We've seen this happen a couple of times where someone's had a bad enough corky that they've actually missed a week. Uh, so for those that have him as cover, I'm definitely in that in that group. Uh, I think we may be with that cover this weekend. He should be back next. Is he, he's definitely best 22, do you think? He's on the... It's a bit hard to know how they rate him internally. When I look at the list now, we've got a lot of our guys back, so I could see him being right on the edge. Um there's other guys like Guelphie that could be dropped, but he seems to be one that's really liked by the coaches as well. So it's just a bit hard to know who they, who's out of favor with them. Uh, the big name that's probably still got to come back is Redman, um, who definitely comes back and is also in a similar spot on the field. So I think that is a little bit tricky. Like, are they going to bring back two defenders in one week? Kelly needs to go, and then it's like, um, yeah, one other. Uh, all right. Uh, I think um, oh, maybe we should let Anno speak on this next topic because it definitely comes back to his don't pick frauds themes. It, all it reads on the run sheet is Crips gone. Gone. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's. Mm. Let, why don't we just bring it up for those watching on YouTube uh, and see what they would do? So, what the situation would have to be like you guys, two trades. You're not trading Crips with two trades, are you, at this point in the season? No. Um, Three, three weeks to go. Yeah. He's gone, and I'm on three. I'll take the risk. <laughs> yeah. Give me say, if, if yeah, if I had three trades this week and I could do steel to Crips in one trade, I'd probably do it. Yep. Sorry, Crips to steel. Yeah, yep. So you'd have to have three, in your opinion, George? Would you have to have three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it done in two. I mean, he's not a premium. Simple no. as that. No. So I'm not. I'm never going to be full premium this year. Great. <laughs> um, this oh, well, this isn't uh, loading for me, so I guess we'll try and get that to load in a sec. Oh, but Crips, Anno's personal team planner. Yeah, Shame. I was just trying to show what my situation is. I mean, it's different for everyone, so it's hard to know. But I do have seventy k in the bank. All right, here we go. Um, and look, it was something I was going to do last week. I obviously you don't want to waste trades. Um, without needing to, like Chris did have West Coast. Do I get rid of him in the week he has West Coast? I was probably leaning towards no, so I gave him benefit for the doubt, gave him that this game to to see how he went. And for three quarters, I was pretty much convinced that he was gone from my team. Look, he saved his score, which has helped me in this in this week. So I do thank you for that, Patty, because I am still able to afford a good replacement. He didn't drop too too many dollars, but Four trades. Um, thing with my team is I do have the likes of Dacos and Darcy Cameron still, who you know might 
warrant a trade on them at some point as well. So I think DC is a bigger one. He, I'm not, you know, we did this on Monday. We don't know what the Grundy update is, but apparently it was close to full training um, pretty soon. So you would imagine he's not too far away now. Um, and there's still seven or well, six weeks to go, six, seven weeks to go. So uh, you would assume a trade needs to be done on him. He's break evens like 120. So he's going to start maybe going downwards as well. Um, so look, I wish I did it last week because I would have, I think about 20K in the bank, which might help for the Darcy Cameron trade. But anyway, let's go and have a look who I can afford. So <clears throat> clearly I'd love Rory Led. That's not going to happen. He's 670K. So He's one that you guys are going to love for the for the run home and probably already have been. Um, and someone that, yeah, honestly, I said him and Mills last year, even though they're defenders going to the midfield for Supercoach, that they'd be options and they've both been pretty pretty bloody good. But Mills is one I can afford. Do we, what do we think on Mills? He's, I mean, I know JD's been keeping a keen eye because of the fantasy side and he doesn't have him, but he's just getting moved around now. I think we looked... What's he, 55 CBAs in the weekend? He's starting on the wing, playing a bit of back still. I'm still thinking he's injured, uh, personally. Um, I don't know if any boys got an opinion on that, but I don't really think I want I, to go there. I have no idea. I think he's fine. I mean, I've died on the hill that uh, he had Achilles issues, had limited preseason, and, you know, he's a bit inconsistent. And I, I haven't seen him for a while get... I don't know if he was getting jabbed up or taped up with that ankle for a while. Um, I think he's still fine, but I don't know. He's a bit up and down. Like last week he scored 80, but that was like the most generous 80 of all time. He had like sub 15 disposals. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a big issue with Mills. I just, just chose not to go there because of limited preseason, but I think he's not the worst option. Got a high ceiling. He can drop a 200. So you play for ceiling. He's not the worst option. But yeah, the role as well, it's a bit weird. I don't know. I think that's just John Longmire being John Longmire. He just loves throwing plays around. Like as soon yeah. as they start losing, it's Mills, Mills back straight away. JD, what are your thoughts on Mills? Uh, yeah, it's a really tough one because he had a very, very good score this week, but it was on the back of 16 tackles, which I think is like a top 20 tied top 20 tackle number over the last 10 years which isn't really sustainable still started a lot from the wing which i didn't like and i think he had still had pretty low disposal game makes me think that his role or at least his form is much worse than earlier in the year could turn it around and the swans fixture is really nice if you pull it up i think they've got a lot of um win all games still to to come and like i think they've still got north i want to say yep so Adelaide, GWS North is a pretty nice run of three games. Collingwood's easy enough to score on and Saints are easy enough to score on. So really, once they get past Freo this week, that's a pretty nice looking fixture. Uh, so it makes me think like, yeah, maybe if any, he does have a slightly worse role, he's a little bit out of form. Maybe it's still going to be okay just because of that. Yep. Um, I guess what I'll say is, or will say, if you're looking at trading Crips and you had unlimited money, you just pretty much get anyone here you don't have. Like, Laird, it would be nice, of course, for my team. For whatever reason, you didn't have Took. We didn't have, I think, Walsh. I guess we have Did to talk about strong. Walsh as well. Yeah, um, what happened on the weekend? What happened yesterday, Jaws? Jero went from zero to 50. Okay. I didn't actually watch. Just looked at the numbers, so I can't really speak. I watched the last quarter. It was like 
bucketing, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You should still be fine. Contest numbers were really good last week, but CBAs were up last week. But I think he just carries on to do 115, 110, 115, somewhere in that range. Yep. He's safe, durable, so I don't mind him. So let's assume people have everyone above and they uh, had money for that next guy like me. Obviously, I'm out of reach of Walsh. Mills, Brayshaw, and Walsh. Who, who, how we order them and, and who would you suggest for can, me to go? I, yeah, can I throw go in it. like two kind of left field options? Yep. So go one would be Ben Keys, who I think outside of... Like there's one game about four weeks ago, scored a 60, but outside of that, everything else has been really good. Their fixture or run home isn't too bad. Uh, so you had the 68 against Gold Coast, but everything else has been money. Really, like you look from round six to now, there's only two sub 100s in there. Two, only two sub 100s for the year. So that mm-hmm. seems pretty good consistency. Run home isn't too bad. Uh, I think one you could look at. And then there's a very left field option. All right. So please don't. Re- recoil in horror when I say his name. Um, it's not one we've talked about in a long time. It is Luke Davies Uniac, who Ooh. on five round average is second only to Stephen Coggs with a 121.6. Uh, better than Himmelberg, English Stewart, Merritt even. Uh, and the run home for North is actually very winnable. Rich, well, I shouldn't say winnable, scoreable. Nothing's yep. winnable for North, but scoreable. <laughs> Richmond gives up points to mids. Hawks give up points to mids. Essendon, uh, like they're slightly better, but can still give up points to mids. And and that's probably a winnable game for North as well. Uh, Swans is probably the toughest one left. Adelaide gives up points to mid. Gold Coast isn't too bad to score on either. So I don't know. There's like a little bit of a mini breakout, less than 1% owned. Some people ask for pods. So anyway, that's that's super left field <laughs> one you could look at as well. That is That is a real pod. Um, and then there's he always played so well there. on the week. He faded out in the fourth quarter, but before that, he was on for 200. He was playing unreal. I think, yeah, he, he clearance like, after, yeah, eight center best clearances himself or something stupid. So, yeah, he was dominating. The, the uh, crazy thing the, is, if, if you yeah. could rely on North to improve next year, he would be probably the number one breakout contender in the midfield for selection next year, just because he's priced quite low after a pretty average start 100. Yeah. yeah, anyway. I mean, we talk about all these guys. It probably brings me to the guy that I think I'll settle on anyway, and that's Andy Brayshaw, who's just been gone from strength to strength this year, keeps on improving um, pretty much every week, to be honest, and he's doing everything he could ask, you know, defensive efforts, um, kicking goals. So he's probably the one I'm going to settle on. It's just a pain that it only leaves me $100 in the bank now, Uh, whereas, as, as I said last week, it would have been 20K. So... Um, would he be the number one, Jaws? Would you have Mills ahead of him? Would you have let's throw Walsh in there, even though I can't afford him? Would you have him ahead of him? Who, who? Let's just go with those three, uh, assuming not everyone owns them. And and who would you? Or how would you list them? Uh, don't know. So Walsh, say Walsh, Mills, Brayshaw. Uh, I'd be happy with either of them. Uh, I'm. I don't know, Mills' durability does worry me slightly, but said that all year, it hasn't mattered at all. Uh, probably Walsh over Brayshaw still. I think yeah. Brayshaw's still good. He's in unreal form though. But like he has to play a lot better than he actually scores. I think like a yeah. one thirty two. That's like it's 
for what he did. Yeah, yeah. it seems unders. Yeah, it's he's been like that all year, and like the fantasy scores, like he's number one in fantasy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I look, I, I'd be happy with Brayshaw over Mills, but yeah, I don't think you can go too wrong with any. I feel very comfortable. You know, you're getting a win over Crips. Put it that way. Yep. So I think four plus trades you'd have to have to want to do that. And as you said, like pick the plays you want to pick. Like you love Andy, pick him. Oh, I like Mills too. Like, yeah, I don't really have a preference here. I'm just am a bit scared about Mills. I don't know. I just don't think he's hundred percent. Brayshaw's in much better form. Like I test wise, I have Brayshaw ahead of Mills. That too. And I like Freo. They're going they're going pretty well. Um, yeah. And you want you already want to be cheering Darcy, Darcy, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a good you want to cheer have an priority. So yeah. need someone. Okay. So I guess the only thing on Brayshaw is, and this isn't to dissuade you, it's just more something came to mind. We haven't seen him get tagged really this year, but we had seen mm. him run with him in the past. Like it's weird that that hasn't happened yet. They do have the swans this week, by the way, but uh, oh. like Clark, Clark hasn't really been used in the midfield. No. Yeah, uh, it is true. He did struggle with it last year. If I can't Clark's believe that. Named... I brought him in last year yeah. in round two and he got tagged twice. <laughs> Double tag. Still can't believe that. <laughs> um, if, yeah. if Clark's named on the field, are you still trading in Brayshaw? Oh, jeez. Oh, it would worry me, yeah, because he can play midfield. He has in the past. Just because he's tagged halfbacks doesn't mean he can't tag mids because he's definitely been a midfielder in the past. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what he plays in the VFL too, is in the mids. So, uh yeah, I guess it's something to think about, but uh, geez, that'd be annoying. Um, but yeah, Mills, um, for whatever reason, just does worry me uh, with role, and I just still think he's injured, but that's obviously guessing. Um, all right, and we should quickly touch on people who want to trade Crips um, and don't have pretty much next to no money in the bank. Does it even look like a viable thing to do, uh, looking at these options? Like, yeah, we're looking at Travis Boak, Brad Crouch, Tom Green's 480k. He's really fallen off. I can see Noah Anderson down here. He has a three round of 125, a five round of 110. He's been pretty good uh, recently, but he's always point, been like that. He's been like hot patches yeah. and down patches. Yeah, looking at any of these, is it even worth using a trade on Crips or do you just sort of write it out? If I had to pick someone, it'd be throw someone in the a forward Chad in the Warner. midst. And go Todd Goldstein. And go a forward. Yeah, good point. Solo rocking. But otherwise, yeah. I don't think it's even worth it. So I'm just no. stuck with it. Can't do much. Yeah, so you, you do really need a bit of money in the bank to be able to go up. I think you only need about 30 to get maybe a Josh Kelly if you're willing to go down that path. Or Ben Keys. All right. Let's bring it back. Excellent, excellent. So, rookies, there's a few names here. Uh, we'll start with Carmichael, your boy, George. Is he my boy? Not really. When <laughs> you, early you've been fantasy. talking about him for like four weeks. Well, ever since oh, he, just... he was drafted, you've been talking about Carmichael. Craig McRae, I didn't even bloody see him play till today. I just thought uh just fits the profile, like mature age, good sample numbers, and the coach keeps singing his praises. They're really impressed with him. Uh, he played, I th- thought he played more forward, kicked a goal, didn't have like a massive game, had a good fourth quarter. Um, I think they'll give him a few more games to go easy out for a bit. So 102 mid forward. I mean, I've mostly been talking about him because I need to bring in a 102, a 102 player um, just for the rest of the year. So trying to predict who plays. I went Jai Cully because uh, I thought uh, he was more chance to play, even though Carmichael was far better 
ceiling, but yeah, he's one. I think you could go. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think it's worth going a dead rookie to Carmichael to cover Oliver. I honestly, I'm not sure what I do in that situation. Um, I don't know if he keeps playing or not. Uh, I think they'll definitely give him a go. Like he'll definitely play this week. They're not going to drop him after one game. Uh, does he go out when Tagoe comes back in? I don't know. But with these rookies, you know, his first game, been in the Collingwood system for what a month, so. He's very capable. He's been, I think I read he was best on ground twice or three times or something in the VFL. So he's been banging the door down. So if there's any rookie to go on to cover Oliver this week, I guess it's probably this one, but I'm not sure he holds for the rest of the year. But if you had to, if you're in that position, probably he's a one. Yep. Otherwise, I guess like Burgoyne played pretty well the first week. I watched a lot of this game this week, and I actually didn't see him that much. Uh, no, did you get to watch Port GWS? Uh, no, no. I'll be honest. I was watching the more interesting game, the Saints and and Freo game. But back to back sixties, I guess if you need a defender, one he's the only one. So, yep, yep, yep. Probably stays till Bonner's back at least. Yeah, which is probably another two weeks away. I think so. Yep. And he might hold long that he's been all right without um, blowing minds. Uh, Carter Michael snuck forward and kicked a goal against Essendon. Uh, actually, it was like a pretty difficult goal in the rung too. But outside of that, was largely playing um, out of defense from what I saw. Scored a 57. Seems like he's unlikely to hold just given that it took nine force changes for him to debut. So probably one that I'd have behind the other two. Didn't play bad or anything like that. Just seems unlikely to hold. And then Ace for Gold Coast is now on the bubble, right? One uh, or two. Paul Huego. I, I can't remember the name. Let's put Ace on the run sheet. He's actually <laughs> one, he's 123 now, actually. George. Oh, that's so yeah, lost. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Uh, but he scored just the 36 against yeah, the second. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Oh, sorry, he's got Essen this week. He in Rich against Richmond in the second yeah. game, and maybe ranking out, maybe comes back in for. I don't know. They're hard to drop players in that team. They're playing pretty well, but he might it's, be the one. It's really interesting. Like I felt like he had a bunch of almost moments in that game, but mm. didn't didn't really uh, put it all together. And you'd have to think that if yeah, Rankin Jeffrey were available, he probably wouldn't be getting a game at the moment. No. All right, and then uh, let's wrap it up with some captain, vice-captain talk. Uh, so, uh, boys, have you had a quick look? Is there anyone that stood out to you so far? I guess you boys, lead owners, are looking very firmly at that Collingwood matchup. Yes, yeah, there's not. As you said, pies are pretty easy to score on. Like, LDU went nuts. Even uh, Greenwood was pretty good, right? Simpkin was okay. Yep. So... Yeah, I think Laird is the vice captain or captain this week is the most obvious starting position for me. I actually struggle to see uh, of our premiums, those that actually have better matchups really anywhere across the board. Even ones that don't have like Mills and Brayshaw, they're playing each other, which isn't appealing. I think, um, just sorry to interrupt, VC Neil against GWS. Pretty so, sure he went ballistic so, on them last time. Neil and Laird play at the same time. Same time. Yeah. Um, maybe if you don't have That's Laird. Right. Yeah. Honestly, That's wouldn't be surprised me. if Laird, like Laird will bounce. I'm not Laird. Uh, Neil will yeah. bounce back for sure. 
Yeah. That's sort of where I'm looking at because I don't know, obviously have Laird, so I think that's where I'm going at this stage. Uh, and I guess the captaincy is a hard one. Who are you throwing it on? Who are you trusting at the end? So I've got back into the round. I've like, got Darcy. Darcy's captain. Yeah. If there's no Hickey, no Laddams. Yeah. Who's he rucking against? No, no, no. One. I, I know. I'd always, always worried about putting the C on the big fella. You never know. You never know. I just, but... I just took a Neil eighty nine on the chin <laughs> and moved up ranks. All right. Give me whatever Darcy's going to bring. <laughs> just bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely have looked looked his way. As you said before, Tigers in two weeks. That's pretty sure that's Friday night. So that's a VC on the big fella. But yeah, it's a weird week. Not a lot of standout options. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm not not sure what to do for captains. I think it's basically Took C if something goes wrong with Laird. I'd, yeah. yeah. I know How the dogs you... boys. I think it's like it's a lotto. Whoever goes big against or for the dogs, it's too hard to pick. How would you feel about Petrarca against Port if there was no Clary? I think uh, Petrarca CBAs. Oh, you think they go up? I think they were down on the weekend. Let me have a quick look. I don't like the C on him either. Just with how oh, no. much is it? I'm cap. Round Otherwise... sixteen was 59%. Round seventeen, 80%. So th- ignore me. Otherwise, like the only other team that's kind of soft to score on has been Essendon. Although I don't think they've given up a ton of points to midfielders. Uh, they definitely didn't on the weekend, that's for sure. Uh, and that would be the concern with Miller that the Coldwell tag or pressure was successful. So they do something similar with Miller, which oh, worries me. And then Miller's been a little bit up and down on top of that anyway. So I, I find he's a bit hard to trust as a captain option despite recent good form. Um, Wits against Draper is somewhat interesting. Is Draper bad, or I'm taking much notice of him this year? It's not that oh, he like Draper doesn't score particularly well, and he's not the best tap ruckman. So you imagine Wits gets a hold of him pretty easily there. But if we're still playing Phillips, like we might be playing two rucks, which probably hurts Wits ceiling a bit. What yeah. about Sicily against West Coast? Yeah, I was about to say, any defenders you look at, Sis, maybe Sinclair against the Dogs, they like to just throw it, you know, their entries aren't great. Yeah. Um, not that he's a big intercept defender, but he can. Yeah. Uh, so, Sis. I think, like, the one position that's been scoring poorly against West Coast this year is defenders, but that's because West Coast was so bad that mm. it was just stuck in their forward half, which is the same reason why Witherden was scoring so well earlier in the year. West Coast are more competitive now, though, so I'm not sure if that still holds true. Maybe Sicily is an okay option. Yeah, I don't know. I still like Darcy. I don't know we've talked about so far. Darcy's the one that sticks out to me. Is I don't think you can trust like Doherty, Hewitt, Cripps, or Walsh against the Cats. No. No. I think we just Goldie. probably take her or whatever Goldie, we get. Goldie VC. VC, if you've got him. Conservative VC, 115 plus. I take it. I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the the threshold after last what, week. What, that's what's that's that's a <laughs> But I, I do think it's right to have your benchmark change week by week based on what your captain options are. And so when yeah. there's four captain options, you're happy with a lower VC because you just don't think the upside's there. Yeah, it happens during the buys a bit when like all well, kind of just happened then. Around. Everyone worried about Neil, so they stuck with it. Didn't take, but it backfired. But of course, you can't. 
always see tags coming, but geez, it's about time Essendon put some time into him. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I guess like Brayshaw at home against Swans isn't the worst, to be honest. Yeah. Depends on the if Clark is named, just in case I wouldn't. Yep. Okay, so Laird VC, if you don't have Laird, Neil VC, and then Darcy C. Is that where we're at? Probably still at Yeah, Darcy yeah, or Took, depending very on un- you. Very unenthusiastic yeses there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, great. Well, I think that is everything for this week. Uh, closing thoughts, boys, before we sign off. What are you doing in fantasy this week, mate? What's your trades? Uh, so, well, it depends. It's kind of like 30 spots. Yeah, I slipped 30 spots. I had so Whitfield 40 points, and then uh, Neil C was much worse in that format than it is in sort of coach. So, probably two bad mistakes. I didn't have like Mills, uh, who scored. Oh, shit, really Neil C. Week. I didn't know that. Who was yeah. VC? Uh, Clary, who was 199. It, was it took four yeah. points off him. Yeah, they uh, did after lockout on opened. Monday. <laughs> what? <laughs> what if? Yeah, jeez. Didn't happen in Supercoach, so whatever. Yeah, I should have been talked into going lad, but anyway. Um, so yeah, it depends on whether Oliver's out. But if Oliver's out, something like Oliver to Mills, even though I don't love the Mills pick, I'm still evaluating that. And uh, Whitfield to Bailey Smith through Harry Himmelberg DPP. DPPs, yep. Not bad. Nice. Not looking for. I don't know who the Crom are playing. Oh, they're playing Collingwood. I'm sick of watching them. I had enough. Pick three. Played, played seven midfielders this week and just rotated them all. Just nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any week where Dawson gets locked down is uh, like just strips uh, most of the enjoyment out of the game. McGinn is so annoying to watch. He's so disciplined with his tag. Oh. <laughs> Genuinely, he wasn't. I don't think he even looked at the Sharon. I don't know. Like that guy went out there to play two hours of footy and not look at the footy. He did not care where it was, what was happening. He's like, Jordan Dawson, I love you, mate. Come here. (laughs) It was just like, oh. If Sam Mitchell tells me to to be able to do a tag like that, because, dude, that's not going to be so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it worked. It did work. If, if, yeah, if Sam uh, Mitchell tells me to do a job, I'm probably shit scared of him i'm going out there and doing the job oh yeah i mean he's yeah he gets a game for it so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so just by the way melbourne d's did put out an injury report today it's been out for like five hours but um it says in yeah. here that he's every chance to line up he had the surgery on saturday so yeah yeah they're giving him every tra- every chance but i think obviously i think just that'll f- end with him not i mean do you bother going to alice springs to play port Probably not. Mm. Oh, the Melbourne's form hasn't been great. Oh, no, that thing like if too long, but yeah. Playing for yeah. Brownlow, he wants to play. Oh, he would for sure. He would for sure, but I think if they'd been smashing games, then yeah, you give him extra week. But yeah, like... every club's the same, but they seem to be more precautious now, or cautious. What do you want to say? Um, like the Tigers are. You know, Lynch felt a little. Something in his hamstring straight off. You're not playing, mate. Same with Dusty. They just mm. they're being really cautious with players now. But I guess a fractured thumb is a bit different. Yeah, because like, what's the? It's pretty what's the hard threshold. To... Yeah, is yeah. it just pain threshold for him? Is that all it is, or is it actually danger? Yeah. Can you wear a glove and 
be fine. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, what do we think up. about uh, Gorn, by the way? We're going to see him yeah. improve. Looked a bit sluggish. Max Gorn, bro. He'll be yeah. back. Yeah. Bit rusty, but it's like fine. his favorite team. Because that was like the oh, one. Yeah. It's the one ruck option we didn't really talk about, but he's the most expensive. So we saw a mark dropped a few. The same old with Gorn. I mean, every time he goes for a mark, there's four blokes trying to punch the ball, break his fingers. Yeah, he'll so. be right. I'd I get him. About, yeah, with Lyset, is he playing Lyset? That's the thing, I guess. Got to wait I don't and see. Know, yeah, wait and see. Because he could go nanas. Yeah. Boys, I think there's much more to talk about. There is not. So thank you everyone for joining us. We managed to find 56 minutes of content, 55 minutes of content, something like that. Oh, uh, sub hour. Where are we? Go us. Um, so very well done. We definitely failed our KPI of trying to get this done in, I think, 40 or less. Good thing we're not uh, Domino's delivery drivers. <laughs> but thank you for joining us and we will see you all next week as always.